Welcome to another edition of Your Impact Attack. That's right, it's Your Impact Attack. And we are just the handlers. And who are we? I am... The Vets. He's a Rip Rogers guy. The Vet. Vet, Vet, Vet. Rip, Rip, Rip Rogers guy. Jamie Williams with me as always. My tag team partner, Brandon. And we are going to be discussing impact and some uh, other impact uh, excursions, maybe down under. And we may or may not have a special guest. We'll just have to see, and you'll just have to stay tuned and see. Brandon, how's it going today? It's going pretty good, man. How are you doing today? Man, it is hot. It is hot as a mother, let me tell you. Um, Yep. It's right now, it's just a cool... It's a cool uh, 94 degrees right now, you know? Like that's be- believe it or not, that's the that's the cool break weather like oh, it's only 94. Like that, you know. Um, it's like over here it's 6:30 in the evening and it's just like blazing bright outside. Like the sun is just like, "Hey, what's up? Not going anywhere. How's it, how's it going?" Um, let's just see if we get the idiots blowing off, uh, ordinance in the streets, you know, because it's, that, that's one thing. It's been quieter this year, I think, because it's so hot. People don't even want to go outside, uh, just to blow off, you know, M80s or whatever and chunk up the, <laughs> the residential areas. Um, but how, how's things out that way? It's been pretty hot. Definitely not as hot as where it is where you're at, but we're getting our asses kicked with the heat. Yeah, the other day it was like 110. And we had a really cool week a couple weeks ago. We had like a record-setting low in June where it was like, you know, highs highs in the the mid or the in the mid 70s, you know? And it's like I know I'm going to pay for this. Like it's just a matter of time. It's gonna we're we're gonna have record low June, and then in November it's gonna set record highs. Like <laughs> people are gonna be sweltering during Thanksgiving, you know what I mean? Like I, I know that we're gonna pay for it, but um, you know what can you do? It's it's all you can do. Just try to stay cool. Try to stay safe. Make sure you stay hydrated. Make sure you wear your sunscreen. Make sure you you know wear a hat. This is do do what you got to do to protect yourself out there wherever you are. It's like this all over the world. I think it is nasty. Yeah. Well, speaking of nasty, we do have to talk about impact, and <laughs> we don't really have a hell of a lot of like news or things to kind of. I was looking at the news items and just like, they're like, you know, oh, Mickey James has a return to action date. And then I look at it and it's like for some indie somewhere that has nothing to do with Impact Wrestling. It's like, oh, good. So uh, if you care, if you care to see, you know, Mickey James on July 8th for, you know, Furnham Snavitz Wrestling or whatever, then just be on the lookout for that. Just don't be on the lookout at Impact because we still don't know when she'll be back there. Uh, just slow news week overall let's um let's acknowledge the chat while we're thinking about it uh i think that's a good idea 
Whoop, whoop. Let's see who we got tonight. Like we got Lab Rat, Javi Uchida, Lizbeth, Chris Winland. Of course, we're going to get more coming in tonight. How y'all doing? Whoop, whoop. That's right. As we get things going. And Chris, Chris Winland has a question to start off with. He says, if Impact were on a different station, no matter the day or the start time, do you think it would get more viewers or get better in content at all? Seems to have my new potential, yet they just float there. Um, honestly, for me, um, I, I think no matter what the state I think of cable television is these days, which I've been very vocal in my narrative is that, uh, it's not anything to truly go by. Like these fluctuations of a few hundred thousand people just seems to be totally random. I don't think you can really look at those and, and get like a, a real pattern of human behavior and viewership by just looking at these supposed Nielsen ratings. I, I really don't think it's like that. Um, but even despite all that, I will say, um, if you have a better channel, you just stand to gain more viewers. But if the channel is more high profile, then they may have better options for programming than, you know, putting on impact wrestling. And that may be why they don't see like the value in it. Um, some people can get more. So some, some stations could get more viewers running a infomercial than they could running an episode of impact wrestling, you know? So having somebody pay them for the airtime is more lucrative than having impact on the station. Even if impact were to pay, I don't know. Uh, can Impact pay more for their airtime? Can they afford to pay more for airtime than, you know, that knife that can cut through a steel pipe or something? Like, I don't know. It's just, it, 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 I don't know. But um, I do think that if they were on a better channel, yes, more people would be able to see them. That's just basic math. And you can look at that from when they were on what used to be called uh, Spike down to when it used to be called the you know what was it uh what was the what was the first downgrade when they went to like um what was it what was that channel like discovery like something some some i don't even know maybe the chat can help me when they went to it was like a wilderness channel or something oh, like uh, that. discovery america discovery america it was discovery something okay went to discovery america pop tv like it just kept getting successively lower and lower viewership. Now they're on Access TV. They always hover around like a hundred thousand people. Again, I just assume that hundred thousand is you know senior citizens that fell asleep with a Doobie Brothers concert on, and they just the TV just stays on there for Impact or whatever. I don't think anybody's really tuning in live for Impact. I think it's just I don't even get Access TV, and I have Comcast. Comcast is the largest, you know entertainment provider in the world and they don't carry access tv so i have no way to legitimately watch impact wrestling i would need to have some satellite package or whatever and i just don't have the channel so that right there tells you something like if i don't have the channel how many other people don't have the channel um that's kind of the situation brandon what do you think like do you do you think it would matter what channel they were on or how much would it matter I mean, like if they're not on the biggest provider, that's you're missing out on a lot of potential viewers. So that that is a big hit, right? There, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. So if you have one of those, if you have one of those channels, like no matter what, no matter what you got, if you got a package or whatever, um, cable satellite, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, if you, yeah, if you got one of those, you probably got like TBS on it. Usually, like one of those Turner stations. So you could watch AEW, even though. You know, you may not have heard of them even after four years. You may not realize there's this wrestling company or whatever. I was watching a YouTube review of uh, Fight Forever. Um, and uh, somebody in the comments was like, this is the first I've heard of AEW. So if, if, this, if nothing else, this game is a, you know, it's working as a marketing tool. Right. And, and like, I never really thought about that, even though maybe subconsciously I thought about it, but you know, the gamers know, like if you're on steam or if you're on PlayStation store, Xbox, whatever, like you see new games pop up all the time. So if you've seen that game there, then that may be the first time you are hearing of AEW. Right. Um, and then you might want to check it out. Right. It's, it's just more visibility. Mm hmm. So, um, you know what I'm saying is, if you want to check out AEW, you probably, whether you want to or not, if you've got any sort of like TV deal um, in your house and you don't just rely on the internet, you could probably find uh, one of the channels that's showing AEW. For Impact Wrestling, maybe not. You know, so it just depends. You could be on my boat where you have a large cable provider, but they don't carry access TV for whatever reason. And that could just be regional. There could be some Comcast. I'm pretty sure there are Comcast package uh, deals in parts of the country that do carry access. But in my particular location, they don't. So, you know, that's a case-by-case -case basis. But, um, you know, I guess that's just a long-winded way to answer the question of saying if... Yes, if you have a, a larger reach, you will automatically have larger visibility. Um, but the only question is, are people even going to know to look for it? Um, if they haven't heard of AEW, do they really have a chance of thinking of, you know, <laughs> finding impact? Probably. But is it going to significantly increase their numbers? I don't know. And how much revenue does that translate to? for anthem entertainment like if you have let's say they triple their viewers let's say they get like rampage numbers of 300 plus thousand people um how much more does that make them in revenue i don't know that depends on their deals with advertisers and other things so i don't know i don't know yep liz saying that even TBS and TAT are even part of Hulu Plus. You know, Hulu's got those cable networks like tied into that package too. So I don't know. There's ways to find it, but you got to work for it. Uh, and for me, it's the only option is to go to a certain site and, you know, watch the replays there. Um, the only other option would be to become one of those YouTube subscribers, you know. And pay like a monthly subscription fee to watch the impact shows which is not a bad deal it's probably like five dollars a month like most youtube subscription or uh you know memberships of usually about five dollars a month or more 
Um, and you can do that. And five dollars for what roughly eight hours of content a month plus uh you know the occasional they include some of those lesser pay-per-views so you're probably getting between you know 10 and 10 and 12 hours of content for five dollars a month it's not bad if you really love impact and want to support them it's not a bad deal um but yeah i don't know uh i just i think um that's one of those that's one of those struggles of being like a smaller uh wrestling promotion that has any kind of tv deal you know tv is sort of on the way out of course tv still wants to stay relevant you know they still want to have their uh they they still need their programming and everything but do the viewers need it do the viewers need to watch it when they can turn to the internet pretty soon it's going to age out of people that are willing to pay. You know, I don't even want to say what my cable bill was last month. I don't want to say it, but it's, but like, it's gonna, um, you know, eventually this going to age out of people like that. And people that are like the head of the household are people that have grown up getting everything they want off the internet for free. And I think you're going to see that because Brandon, haven't you heard of like stories about like Disney you know, being like this many millions of dollars in the hole or whatever, you know, because they've invested in their streaming and they don't have the amount of people signing up for it to like make up that revenue. Netflix doing price hikes, like people invest in streaming and they're putting this money in streaming and then it's not turning enough of the profit that they need, right? Why do you think that is? There's plenty of people that want to watch these shows and these these you know, these things and these movies and whatever, but they all go and just illegally stream it, download it from different sites and stuff. It's like the full customer base, the, the potential customer base is not purchasing it, you know, legitimately. They're just going to the internet and getting it for free. That's the problem that everybody's going to face. All these big companies are going to face in the next 10, 15 years as the legitimately paying you know old-fashioned group of customers ages out and we bring in the you know all these kids that are stealing shit on the internet are now in their 30s and 40s and they're like i've never paid for any of this i'm not gonna start now you know like i'm oh i'm gonna pay the extra netflix price hike no i think i'm just gonna download this for free somewhere it's it's a thing and it's gonna cripple these guys in the long run i think like, what do you think about that? That is a definite possibility. I mean, people aren't going to put up with their crap anymore if they have easy ways to get around it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far, as long as... I mean, I think... So you and I are old enough to remember when the internet wasn't in everybody's house, right? Like, and it, it certainly wasn't in everybody's pocket at all times, right? <laughs> So we're, we're like of that last, and, and I think a lot of the people in the chat are too, are of that last generation of, you know, we didn't get everything for free. We remember where you had to buy stuff. Um, but, you know, we're the last to do it. So um, that's, some, that's something everybody's going to be challenged with going forward. And apparently the fireworks have started for Elizabeth. Uh, so... Um, I, yeah, that's really, I don't have much else to talk about. What about you? Any news or anything come across your desk that, uh, 
that caught your eye? Uh, not today. Today was actually a really busy day for me. So I had a basic, yeah. But managed to get what I needed to do done. We're here. Whoop, whoop. That's right. Well, that's important. Getting your own stuff done is important. Wrestling news, not important. World news, not even that important. <laughs> Personal news, that's the only important thing. Uh, so as long as you guys could take care of your business, that's great. But luckily, it doesn't seem like there's any major wrestling news to talk about. And if you didn't, if you didn't get a chance and you want to, channelattitude.com, fresh episode of the Monday Locker Room. Ben Hameen and myself one more time talking about the news and notes of the day. So you can hear me talk about whatever there was to talk about uh, with the Ayatollah himself um, on uh, July 3rd as of this recording. So go ahead and check that out for other news. And uh, I guess we can get into uh, punching up impact for uh, last week's episode. If you like, I would like All right. And we've got that up on uh, your Substack channel, which is uh, if you want to tell the people one more time where that is in case they wanted to follow along. Yep, it is at HMG Brandon on Substack. All right. So we've got, uh, if I remember correctly, God, we had a lot of work to do uh, about last episode. And the previous uh, Punching Up Impact definitely sent things branching off in some possible different directions that probably would not have been reflected on their episode last week so so let's see where we end up at the end of this one okay so i, I did uh base this one off of this week's episode but it did get a, quite a bit of a chopping job done to it Ooh, choppy choppy <laughs> hopefully there was no shrinkage uh when the lights go out this time so it's okay john wayne bobbit helped me out oh okay all right that's good all right, so we open up with a recap of last week's show. We got our intro, Pyro and Ballyhoo. We go to the announce table, and they run down tonight's card and give thoughts on the current stories and angles. And we get an entering with Alex Shelley. Comes out with no music in entrance. Heads straight to the ring and grabs the microphone. Cuts promo on all this about how Aldis shook his hand, looked him in the eye, and said he respected him before he blasted him in the face with the world title. Says he wants Al Aldis to come to the ring and face him. Jimmy Jacobs comes out and tells Shelley that Aldis will arrive on his time. Shelly lays out Jacob, says he'll wait in the parking lot all night if he has to. Shelly grabs a chair, heads out to the parking lot, picks up a pipe, sits in the chair to wait for all this to arrive. So basically, that's our hook for the show. The old pipe chair, huh? Mm -hmm. All right. And we go to our first commercial break. Come back to the parking lot. Alex Shelly's still there. Chris Saban comes to talk to him about what he's doing, asks him if he wants help or backup. Alex declines, says he's not going to put up with the level of disrespect shown by all this after finally becoming champion. Then we go right. to, yep. And then we go to the locker room with Eddie Edwards and Frankie Kazarian. Basically plays out the same as it did on the show. Then we go to our first match, OVE versus Myers and Goodhands. Myers, music and entrance. Myers and Goodhands do a pre-match promo that's not dumb and not the usual cheesy rag on the city. Something more creative. OVE, music and entrance. Match goes like it did on the show with Moose interfering. Okay, all right. And then we go backstage with Dyson Swinger and the referee Daniel Spencer. And it basically goes the same way as it did on the show, except we do not have Swinger on camera giving them the cues. Okay. 
then you go to backstage, OVE and Swan plays out like it did on the show with Swan joining up with OVE. Match two, uh, Dango versus Gujar. Recap of interaction between Dango and Gujar. Dango music and entrance. Gujar music and entrance. Dango over dirty. Gujar snaps and attacks Dango after the match. Okay. Do we have an idea what that finish is? How's he gonna? Is he gonna like, what? Get a handful of trunks or? Uh, let's yes. Yeah, let's say a handful of trunks. Okay. It goes for the gargoyle spear, slips them, rolls them up. Gotcha. Scott Woodford asking if we have any muffins tonight. Not yet. <laughs> Actually, I don't have any with me, even if I needed them. But uh, I am old, and I'm hurt, and I'm fucking tired, and I work <laughs> with fucking children. Well, not branded, but it's just a figure of speech. Don't worry about <laughs> it. All right. And then we go on to our second commercial break. Come back to backstage with Gia and Scott Demore, And that plays out like it did on the show, that interview. We cut out all those packages and those recaps of him spearing Bully Ray because, come on, we really need to see two replays of that. Oh, I can't wait to see what you do to this week's episode then. (laughs) And then we're back in the parking lot with Alex Shelley. Gia approaches Shelley, asks him how long he plans to wait. Alex says he'll wait all night if he has to. I'll wait all night for Gia if she'll approach (laughs) me. (laughs) I would too, but then I don't think Ace Austin would appreciate it. Yeah, who cares what he appreciates? <laughs> then you go to match three, Gresham and Bailey versus the design. The design music and entrance. Gresham music and entrance. Bailey music and entrance. Gresham and Bailey over after botch interference from Diener that will make way more sense on the, than what they did say, like ref, you know, we'll do a ref bump. He uh con or not con Angels holds him, holds uh Gresham, Gresham ducks, gets get, Angels gets hit, goes down. One, two, three. Right. And then I still show there's some, still some competitive. It's, com, yeah. Sorry, trying to go a little too fast here. I apologize. And then we still show that there's still some competitiveness between Gresham and Bailey to keep that open-ended, just in case we want to go back to that. Yeah, it's always good to keep that. Even if you don't ever go back to it, it doesn't mean it wouldn't exist, you know? So... Then we do the replay of BTI of Jody Threat versus Nevaeh. Then you go to backstage, and we redo this one a little bit where Threat gives Nevaeh pointers and tips on what she could have done differently, with Nevaeh thanking Threat, and they hug. We show mutual respect before, leave, before Threat leaves the shot. Death Dolls enter the shot, and Nevaeh recognizes them as their past selves. There's confusion as the Death Dolls pretend not to know what she's talking about. And then all of a sudden, Death Dolls show facial expressions that something in them has triggered about their past selves and memories. They brush it off and decide this should be their next quest to figure out what that was, and they invite Nevaeh to come along since she obviously knows what's going on. Hmm. All right. I was wondering about that. Like, I was wondering if you were going to keep that interaction between Threat and Nevaeh somewhat intact. Because uh, the way they did it, it's pretty, I don't know, could have left it out. I don't think you really needed it. You know, the whole point was just for her to interact with the Death Dolls and I need to expose the business and make a commentary on indie workers and social media shit. You know what I mean? But but there's still a a kayfabe way you can do that where she's like, you know, played that out that way. Right. Yeah. If you're going to do it, there's a way to do it. And yeah, that would be a better way for sure. 
Okay, where are we at? And then we go to our third commercial break. Then we come backstage with Gia and Trinity. This one plays out like it did on the show. Match four, Taylor Wilde versus Killer Kelly. Wild music and entrance. Kelly music and entrance. And the match goes like it did on the show with Masha running out to save Kelly and show her respect. And then we get a new backstage segment with Bully Ray and Macklin where they run down Eddie Edwards and Kazarian as they get ready for their match. And talk about what they're going to do to PCO and Demore at Slammiversary. And they go to a brand new pre-tape of Shaw and company in Trinity's home city. They visit locations that Trinity visits a lot and they start trouble until police get called and they have to leave. Those damn troublemakers. <laughs> and then we go to our fourth commercial break. Then we go to our flashback of Nick Aldis turning heel and winning the TNA world title. And then we cut to another shot of Alex Shelley in the parking lot as he starts getting frustrated and just uh, hitting whatever he can that he gets that's nearby him. Uh, eating it? How hitting it? I apologize. Well, I'm just, if we're talking about if we're talking about Eddie Edwards here, oh, that's true. Or yeah. Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, I'm just assuming that anything is fair game and could be inhaled at any moment. <laughs> That's what happened to the muffins, uh, Scott Woodford. <laughs> so. All right, and then we go to an interview with Gia and Deanna, talk about Shaw and Company's actions, and they talk about how Deanna plans on dimming Shaw's spotlight permanently in Australia. All right. Because the whole gimmick is trying to get in the spotlight, trying to get the spotlight. Well, you know what? I'm shutting that shit down. That's right. Turn off the lights. <laughs> Hashtag turn off the lights, guys. Like I did that. Elabra says Eddie is the Kirby of impact. <laughs> 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 and then you go to match five. Joe Hendry versus Yuya Yurimura. Yuya music and entrance. Hendry music and entrance. Match goes like on its show. Just shorter. Kenny King out for commentary and does his fake respect to Hendry again. Then we go to our fifth and final commercial break, come back with a New Japan hype video, then cut to the announce desk, hype the card for next week's show. Edwards and Kazarian versus Bully and Macklin. Bully music and entrance, Macklin music and entrance, Edwards music and entrance, Kazarian music and entrance. A shorter version of match that was on the show, except this time Macklin actually ducks a super kick and it looks like it was an accident. Okay. And as Macklin and Bully celebrate their win, the announcers start yelling that there's a commotion in the parking lot. We cut to the parking lot. Shelly and Aldous are fighting. Uh, Shelly swings his weapon at swings with pipe at, at Aldous and misses, and Aldous gets the better of him. Shelly tries to fight back from underneath, but it ends with Aldous slamming Shelly on the hood of a car, and the show fades with Aldous taunting Shelly. Okay. Um, do we know whose car it is? Let's say Shelley's. All right. If not his, maybe it could mm -hmm. be some jalopy or something that <laughs> Swinger's driving. Dude, that's even better. Swinger's car. I like that. That's even better. That is hey, even my better. my car, daddy. Yeah. It's probably something like that. Yeah, well, you know. It's a fantasy world. We can, uh, we can make it whatever car we want anytime we want and we reserve the right to change our minds. All right, so... Yeah, the, uh, you know, I guess this was largely the same episode with some important uh, tweaks here and there. Um, but uh, either way, um, well, we've got <laughs> we've got another episode to deal with this week. So 
I do not envy this task that you've given yourself. Um, I'll tell you what, as long as, you know, they keep doing these kind of things, if I had given myself the task of punching it up every week, I think most of my punch-ups would just be like, throws hands up, happens just like it did on the show. <laughs> just, you know, it's like... Uh, I don't give, know. It the, give it the old Vince, Vince McMahon shred matic Pretty much. I would be too tired to even shred it up. I'd just crumple it. I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so we're, so let's let's get right into it. Um, this was the impact for, what, uh, June 29th? Yes, sir. Um, and we open with uh, Trey Miguel versus Chris Saban. I guess is this for the X Division Championship? Like, is it on the line? I didn't even remember. I don't even think they mentioned if it was or not. And as well, and, it, and as we find out, it didn't even matter. It didn't matter. Uh, I'll tell you one thing that everybody wants to know. Um, yes, Trey Miguel did get an F on his entrance tag again. Um, he just either he's too slow, too fast, can't just just can't get it right. I don't know. Um, but. Uh, at this point, he should just come out and, like, hold up, like, an imaginary spray can. Just hold it stationary and let the thing do it on its own. Or, yeah, you just stand there and shake it up and as it's, as it's you know, coming up on the screen. Yeah. There's something. There's something. Yeah, you're not going to... Like, like you could look at it as, like, well, this is a pose I can do regardless. Because some places you go, if you go to some house show somewhere, you're not going to have the screen set up. You're not going to have the entrance packages. So you can just do the same pose while the thing plays out. Or if there is no screen, you can just hold that pose when you come out. But you're never in time with your entrance. So I don't think he's ever done it perfectly once in the entire years that we've been covering it. So, yeah, just just drop it, kid. You know, just find a new pose that you can strike and stand there. Let it play out, then turn around, you know. So that's that'd be my that'd be my thing. But what do I know? Who cares? Mm-hmm. And speaking of who cares, this match. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not gonna watch this shit. Are you serious? The only part that matters is that um, at the end, Zachary Wentz runs in. Um, the old Zachary Wentz, the old uh, the other guy from the Rascals, the other guy in the tag team with Wesley and NXT that got fired because you know he was alleged to be abusive and picture was posted of him with a hitler mustache and all this other stuff um you know here he is he he does his run in and uh i guess cost trey miguel the exhibition championship or not whatever it is <laughs> and um then alex shelley runs in and and they both run off so once the odds are even uh the heels scatter and uh that's that so the big return And now he's with Gigi, so those two can have each other. What is so? What do you think of the big return here? Uh, Zachary Wentz, the Rascals reunited, two thirds of them anyway. I don't know the way this was set up. It didn't make any sense. Like, wouldn't it have made more sense for him to run in after the match is over and Saban went over? Probably. And then I mean, they, you know, you ain't beating Chris Saban, so it's not like. I mean, you're not beating him. Sorry, it's just not going to happen unless it does happen. But it usually doesn't happen. So, I mean, 
And then they waited 10 minutes into the match to start telling the story of working Trey's knees and legs. Isn't that something you want to kind of establish very early on? Yeah, as a baby face? Let me cripple the high-flying heel. <laughs> 10 minutes in. Well, you know, Goldberg was never big on working body parts, really. So, And I was keep thinking but, back to Bret Hart. Like, how would he, you know, do his thing? Oh, God, Brandon, nobody's thinking about Bret Hart anymore. <laughs> I wish everybody was thinking <laughs> about Bret Hart. They are not thinking about Bret Hart enough. <laughs> you know, if, if everybody approached the mindset of, if I was Bret Hart in this match, then maybe... We wouldn't have as much... You wouldn't have even had to punch up stuff. <laughs> it's like, maybe everybody would just kind of be on a similar page and a similar mindset. We know they're not going to be... Um, they're not going to be thinking like that. Uh, Laris is actually cheer whenever Saban and Shelly got beat up. So, I mean, there is that. Yeah, are the Rascals going to be the heels in this situation? Who knows? Uh, but... Oh! Shit. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. I can't. Okay. Nope. Guys, hold on. Hold on. We're working here. We're working with StreamYard here. We know how StreamYard is. We know how StreamYard is, but I don't. For those of you listening on audio, you just hold your horses, guys. We have got. Uh oh. Uh oh. I hear, I hear him now. Can you hear us? I can hear you. How are you? Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us from a million miles away, the one and only, the great Piers Austin of Shooting the Shit Uncensored and many other things, including uh, Impact Down Under, uh, which, which happened over this weekend. And our man Piers on night two, he was the man with the mic, the voice of night two of uh, impact down under Pierce, welcome to the impact attack there was no better guest to have than you tonight oh thank you so much man it's always a pleasure to talk with you guys man and you know the, the amount of love and respect i have for hameen media group which i think i put over with jimmy the other night man like ben's been a, a mentor of mine for three years and and his brand his company and and everything you guys do man i, I love everyone over there man so Whenever I get a chance to jump on a, a Hameen Media show, man, like oh, I'm always all for it, bro. Oh yes, well this is perfect because um, I'll be talking about you know both the episodes of the show uh, oh. later on, but um, uh, we were kind of in the middle of going over this week's episode. But I just want to, you know, first and foremost, I just wanted to, with your limited time, I don't know how much time you have, but I wanted to get your overall impressions. Um, First of, of all, of how uh, how you felt the the show went that you were a part of. Uh, did you have anything to do with night one? Like, were you there or only for night two? Um, I was invited to attend night one uh -huh. um, and, and come up, uh, uh, but unfortunately, with young children, um, sure, it, sure. It's not it's not really possible. So, uh, I wanted my wife to be there because I like. Look, I'm going to sound like a bit of a fucking fanboy and a bark here but like to me i think that that's the biggest stage i'm ever going to really have a chance to really show the world what i can do and i wanted my wife there that was an important one for me to to have mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. um so she she was actually she came along so we went tonight to um my experience of how the show went i think it went fabulously i think it went really really well 
where the shows were held was like regional New South Wales. So it's kind of like between Victoria and New South Wales. So it was literally a five hour drive from Sydney to go to these shows. And that made like, honestly, night two was packed to the rafters. Like it was a complete, I'm pretty sure it was a sellout crowd. There was a lot of like hardcore fans that we see on the, the Australian shows that, that come, which was like really surprising to me. Cause like, I think even in my, um, thank you very much lab rat. I think even in my, um, my ultimate, uh, like, uh, like at, at Aussie shows seeing fans, but even for me, like my ultimate fandom as a fan of, of professional wrestling, there's no fucking way in the world. I'm driving five hours to go watch a show. <laughs> like even without kids and, and without being married, like, I'm sorry, I just, I couldn't do that. Um, so sure. the fans that actually drove that and traveled that and invested money in accommodation and all that sort of stuff, like it's not cheap to go away here in Australia, believe me. Um, so those guys, man, like that support was truly humbling. Um, you know, and also, like, I don't want to go into too much detail, but, like, a few days prior to that event, like, the Sunday prior, I had a friend of mine pass away, um, which kind of had me a little bit, like, emotional leading up into that week where, like, I even thought about pulling out of the show um, mm-hmm. just because I didn't think my head was there. Like, I cancelled podcasts that I was going to do live that week, and luckily I had shit I could drop that were pre-recorded because I just, I, I didn't really feel... You know what I mean? Like, you go through something like that and you can't really fathom when something like that unexpectedly happens in your life. And, you know, like my friend, one of my other friends said, no, he would have, he would be pissed if you gave this opportunity up. Like, you have to go there and represent. So, um, you know, between me and myself, uh, I wrote my friend who passed initials on my wrist um, prior to the show and he was there with me in that ring. So that was something a little bit special that I was able to sort of send a photo to his family and just let him know that, you know, on my biggest night, you know, he's going to be in there with me the whole, every step of the way. And, uh, you know what I mean? Like I said, I'm not really a spiritual person or something like that, but that to me was just something that I did for me. No one on mm-hmm. the show knew what I was doing, but right. as far as an impact experience goes, man, like, that is is so that was on another level like that was intimidating humbling um but thank you very much um you know it was it was humbling it was intimidating uh but man i just went in there with with the confidence and swagger that i have bro and Mm -hmm. and just tried my best to to do as best Mm -hmm. as i could to impress um scott demore was 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 really really cool um, he was making jokes before the show, just like, you know, I mean, I think you could see that like some of the Australian people were a little bit like nervous, like as far as like from the production side of things, like referees yeah. and stuff, because this is a big stage for them as well. Um, and, and you know, for us, we, we, you know, honestly, like, I feel like, you know, the Australians, like the referees and stuff like that, we just didn't want to fuck anything up. Right. So yeah. this is a huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to go in there and just fucking deliver Sorry to swear. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, we no, wanted- please, please don't <laughs> swear. Yeah, no, we, we just wanted to go in there and deliver like what we could do the, in the best possible way. And ring announcing isn't the biggest part of a show. Like uh, people in the comments, you don't need to drop that. I know, like it's not the biggest well, uh, role of the show, but it, still, it was my little moment. And, you know, like I felt, you know, excited to be a part of it. And uh, when it was all done, I found a nice little quiet pub where me and my wife, the two of us, went and had a drink and were able to reflect. And, you know, like, for the most part, like, 
you know, having her there was a massive support because, like, on the drive down there, I'm like, I don't belong here. Like, I, like, what am I doing here? Like, this is, and she just said, shut, she basically said, shut the fuck up. Like, you've busted mm-hmm. your ass for these opportunities. You've, you've proven to the world what you are capable of. And if you weren't what they wanted, then you would not be here. Like, as simple as that. So that was, to have her give me that little shot of the arm right before I went into the venue, that to me was, you know, so important to have her there. You know what I mean, man? Like, like I said, bro, I'm sounding fucking lame and shit, I know, but... uh No, man, no, no, because, uh, look, I'm not married to you, but I would have said the same thing. I would marry you, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, I would have said the same thing because it's like, well, who, who the fuck is anybody until they do something? You know what I mean? Like, this is one of those things. It's like, this is what they wanted you to do. Like you said, I did want to ask, um, just, just, you can just give me the short version of it, but how this, how this came about for you, uh, like as far as the connections and saying, oh yeah, Piers Austin would be great for this. How did this, how did this come across your desk? Um, well, a lot of people started tagging me and stuff. Um, like Matt Schaefer, um, Mm -hmm. You know who Matt Schaefer Gage? I think it is MSG. We uh, call him here at uh, MSG. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So MSG is someone I've known for a few years through HMG and stuff, and he was tagging me and stuff. Um, other fans were tagging me and stuff from around the world that have have watched and supported my podcast. Pod me, and um, you know, like the Oceana Pro Wrestling, which is the the company that's sort of working with Impact. Yeah, I was going to ask about that too, but yeah. Yeah, so they started following me on Instagram a few months ago and we exchanged a couple little messages here and there and and then it was like, hey, yo, um, we're going to send you an email. Like, would you be available for the dates that we're, that impact are in Australia? And I'm like, yeah, man. Um, yeah, that should be cool. And uh, they came. <laughs> that's, a, that's an inside joke. Don't worry about no, that. Um, yeah, yeah. And so they... Um, they basically, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, where was I? <laughs> yeah, I was just, well, you, after everybody tagged you and you got sort of in, oh, hooked yeah, in yeah. with Oceana Pro. Yeah, so I got in there. They, they asked me if I was available. And I was like, yeah, for sure. They came back and they said, okay, cool. We want you for night two. I was a little bit bummed. I, I felt like, hey, man, you could have given me like three days. I reckon I could have gone in there and rock that shit um but you know they want to yeah. give a, a lot of people opportunities which i get so i can't be selfish but i actually sure. was booked for for another promotion on, on saturday night which uh, i had to um which i had to pull out which is something i've never done uh and that's it was actually, terrible it's terrible yeah. to be in that position man because you know it that's that's like a thing in wrestling it's like an etiquette thing you know like hopefully yeah. they understand but you have to everybody everybody acts like it's 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 the wrong thing to do, but everybody would do it if they have a bigger opportunity. So don't don't worry too much about that. Well, it's, it's funny, my my boy Vinny Vane, who I manage and banks mm-hmm. like so, I'm managing this table. He was actually to like he, I'm gonna pull down the fourth wall, but he was actually the uh, winning the main title of that promotion and being the first ever double champ. And me as his manager wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, our heater, our bo- quote unquote bodyguard, he also had to pull out of the show. So it was like, oh fuck. Sorry, man. Like the heel has to go and actually win a win a title without uh, his stable there. But you know, he, uh, he was understanding of it. The promoter got it. You know, he was like, "Dude, like this is fucking huge. Like, no, don't. Like, you're an idiot if you don't. Yeah. Like, I yeah. get it. Like, 
um, that's where like it was just it was just all support and love from everybody, man. Which is which is really cool to have, man. Like it, it was good to see that it was able to impact. No pun intended. Yes. Uh, well, so maybe people, pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, so I want to. Well, I, yeah. There was a, a couple things I wanted to ask too. Um, for first off, I want to say I personally I thought you did a great job. Like I watched the show. And even if I wasn't as invested in some of the matches, I made sure to like at the beginning and the end, I was like, I'm going to listen to Pierce announce mm-hmm. this guy. So I made sure to catch all that. Um, and I, you know, not just saying it because I know you, but I think you did an excellent job as a ring announcer. Now, I also know because I have ears that maybe other people don't hear. I know there's a, one or two things that you probably wish you had back. But overall, like, and you know what they are. I'm not going to bust you out here, but, but you know what they are. But, but overall, I think, like you said, the swagger that you had, you brought the energy to the show. It's, uh, I know you're being humble and saying like, it's just a ring announcer, but you know, a, a terrible ring announcer is noticeable too. And a, and a good one really hypes it. It's, it's important as part of, it's part of the entrance. It's like, if you don't have a good ring announcer, it's like, well, why have music? Why have pyro? Why have anything that you have in an entrance if it's going to just be half-assed? So, you know, you were a very important element to that show, noticeably better than, um, you know, forgive me, I didn't uh, remember the person that was doing night one, for example, um, but I certainly noticed you. Um, so that was, you know, it, it, I wanted to say that right off the bat. Um, but because you are involved in wrestling in so many capacities, you know, whether it's behind the scenes, in front of the camera, all these things, you get to be at ringside for a lot of events. So you know what wrestling is, you've seen it. Um, and, and so my question is, uh, being there and watching the show from that vantage point, um, who were some talents that stood out to you uh, when you were like, when they came out and you were like, oh, this is definitely somebody, you know, like, like what, who gave you that feeling like, um, oh man, I want to, you know, I want to do something with this person. Like they had a presence who, who on the, on the show, uh, would you say if you could name some names? Um, I think the ABC uh, and the Motor City Machine Guns like that during that match, like after I did the intro, like, bro, I remember, like, fuck, back in 2009, 2008, before I was anywhere near the business, like, I was a fan of, of Impact Wrestling around that time and seeing the Motor City Machine Guns, man, and, and, and like, bro, I really enjoyed their work, you know what I mean? And, like, and I'm sitting there going, like, fuck, this is 2023, right? And I'm, like, back in the day, I was watching M- Motor City Machine Guns do their thing in the X Division, in the tag, and all that sort of stuff, and I'm, like, and I just got to introduce it, man. Like, like what the fuck? Like, that. You know what I mean? Like that realization of it happening. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But like, wasn't Pierce Night Two the fucking night one guy made me wish my oxygen dropped more? Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I was Night Two, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, like it, it was. That there was a lot of Aussies on the show as well. Um, you know, like, and that was the the fact that the Australians got a, a chance to be on that show and showcase. Like, to me, uh, the Velocities versus the Natural Classics, great match. Uh, the Velocities are guys that I've known uh, for the past three years. And, you know, anytime I'm on a show with them or around them, it's uh, I, I always enjoy having a quick chat with them. They're always just very humble boys, very lovely boys. I feel like they, the four of them, the Classics and the velocities went out there and, and and really you know showed them what they're, they're able to do they tore the house down 
uh, with that, you know, the style that they do, man, they, they stuck to what got them to the dance. They stuck, stuck to what got them to the game. And I feel like they really showcased uh, really, really well there. Um, you know, and, and overall, I think it was just... I'm glad I'm not getting roasted up in this bitch today. Bro. No, but no, like, of course not. I, I, I just feel like overall, like I, I feel like there was a lot of uh, incredible talent there. Uh, that I got to see. I really enjoyed Eddie Edwards versus the Business Slex, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, uh, the Business Slex was a guy who was signed to Ring of Honor. Then the pandemic, he got released and stuff like that. Um, so for some of these Aussie guys, like, it was actually my first time getting to meet them in person, you know what I mean, which was kind of cool as well. So, Oh, really? Because well, I, figure, I figured you would maybe come across a guy like Slex in the past at some point. Ne never really had an interaction with oh. him. Never, ne hmm. never had him on the podcast. That was the first time we got to meet each other prior to the show. And yeah, nice, really nice dude, man. I, I really like Slex. Yeah, uh, cool, I, I, cool entrance too. Speaking of talking about the importance of entrance, I like his song. I like his video. I've been knowing about that guy for some years now. So yeah, I was, you know, I was like, well, you probably, of course, you're gonna have Slex on the show if you're gonna do a show in Australia. I just seemed like that would be a no brainer, right? But um, yeah, and, yeah, and he, like, he had a match on night one with, uh, uh, forgive me, I can't remember the name. Um, Robbie I have it, I, No, I have it written down. It was, let me see here. But anyway, yeah, there, there's like, he's the one guy that I had, I had definitely heard of before. Uh, Adam Brooks is the guy. That's who. Uh, Brooksy, yeah, the loose Yeah, lady. he had the match with Robbie Eagles the night you were there. And uh, I believe that's the match you didn't announce, right? They had like a, no, a lady. Yeah, so they had a lady. Um, she introduced one match in night one, and then uh, one match in night two, and then she did the Australian Showcase. So she was someone that came from like the baseball game, um, and, and you know the live events in that. So she was kind of like mainly just sort of shadowing me around on night two, and like I had no problem with that, man. Like far out, dude. Like I'm happy to help anyone and, and, and give time to anyone. So she sat there. She asked a lot of questions with me. Like, hey, what do you think we should do? Like, how do you think I should do this? Should I say this? What do you think I should say here? And mm -hmm. I was just like, look, you know what I mean? Like, you were here on night one. You know what I mean? So you saw, like, you know what I mean? Like, on every show, there's things that go wrong. Like, that's just how it goes. No matter how perfect the show can be, there's always these little things. I said, you're going to notice them. You're going to know what happened in night one. You tell me. Where, where, where did things fall down? And she she was appreciative man she was like thank you so much you were so nice like you really settled my nerves um you know like i was getting like you better not fuck this up from people but you were like but i just was like look let's just go out there and have fun let's just go out there do i think because if you, you go out there with that oh my god oh my god oh my god you're gonna fuck up even more you know what i mean you're gonna stumble your words so i was i was saying let's just i was shitting myself the whole time but i was like you know what fuck i'm gonna go out there and have fun they can say what you know whatever I'll get the feedback at the end of the show, um, you know, and, and and that was that. So, you know, the only thing was at the start of it, they sent us out a few minutes early before we went live on Fight TV, and they're like, yeah, uh -huh. go out there, make an announcement, stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, so blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, in my headset, you got four more minutes from Scott DeMore. You got four more minutes, Pierce, before we go live. Keep talking, bud. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, so who's going to make some noise tonight? It's going to be... And I'm like... Yeah. Like on the fly, and then I do finish that, and I stop talking for a second. You still got two and a half more minutes there, pal. And I'm like, oh, and, and like the girl I'm with, she's like, I'm sitting there, like, 
just fuck. Like, so what match are you excited to see? And she's yeah. like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a rib. That's straight up a rib, Pierce. You got ribbed. Good, good yeah, rib. That, Ma- ma- massively like even like a couple of the boys like a couple of the wrestlers like one of them said like man you got that was an ultimate work at the beginning of that <laughs> like, I, it's like you got stitched up and i'm like ah whatever man look it, it's a learning thing um and uh honestly it was just uh i spoke to a veteran who's in the business a friend of mine here zuko and you know, uh, and he told me the same sort of thing that how I was feeling. It's like, man, when I went over to the US and I was working guys like Moxley and Chris Brothers and fucking all these sort of guys like Danielson and stuff like that. And he's like, I thought, and he told me, he's like, I thought I didn't belong. And he said, mm-hmm. but the more I stuck around and the longer I was there, I was like, fuck yeah, I belong. You don't fucking belong. And right. in my mind, it was mm-hmm. like, that's what I was going through the whole yep. time. Like that imposter syndrome of like, it's just little old, you know what I mean? Like, you know me, bro. Like, I don't, I don't walk around and beat my chest and like, I'm the fucking man of this place and shit no. like that. And I'm just a humble dude, bro. Who's a fat little Aussie podcaster who just wanted to do a good job and make sure I didn't, you know, um, you know, just did everyone proud of what I was there to do, man. You know, like, yeah, but I think, I think you did. I, I truly think you did. Um, uh, Brandon, did you have anything you wanted to ask or, or any other things you wanted to know? Uh, Oh. No, no. It's like a lot of that is because, like, cause I've, cause I've been part of shows before, and it's like, but nothing like this, though. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a huge thing. I want to say too, like, uh, you know, um, the uh, OPW, like Oceania Pro Wrestling, right? It seemed like, yeah, they were putting, uh, they were putting, they were establishing titles like this weekend, like, so this is a new promotion basically opening up pretty soon, or. They're just now getting around to the title belts. I mean, what just basically my point is, uh, what can you tell us uh, about this company um, that we can look out for in the future? I think this company is going to be working with a lot of um, international brands. So uh, companies to about coming out uh, and performing. Um, it's still very new. So the guy who runs it, um, we had a ch- brief chat after the show. Um, he, he was the guy who, who booked me for it. So he was really, really, really happy. He was overly excited with, with what I did. And he, and he said, look, I'm going to, I'm going to call you in the next couple of weeks. I've got a lot of stuff coming up and he goes, I want you for some stuff. So it's just gonna, how how it's going to go down. And like I said, to be able to, like, I was on an earpiece the whole night so I could hear the communication from Scott Damore, who was the producer, you know, running the entire show. And he was talking constantly from cameras to referees. You know, at points he was talking to me at certain sense points as well to timekeepers. And as I said, it was just eye-opening. So you can go from, like, and to me it's like you go from, like, working indies and then you have an experience like this, which is, like, night and day because of the budget right because Mm -hmm. like impact wrestling has like man that was probably i don't don't even want to guess what the budget is but you compare it to an indie show it's like it's night and day you know what i mean like the catering backstage is like (laughs) at an indie show there may be some water and a couple of cokes you can grab or maybe a a cold piece of pizza you know what i mean but like this was like you know really at a you know like full catering there for everyone um yeah, like I said, man, I was just 
man, look at this. This is fucking wild. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, I was a deer in headlights probably for a couple of moments. And even the first mm-hmm. match I announced, the first people, like the the first match I introduced was like the Velocities and the Natural Classics. And when the Velocities came out, and the Velocities are a team, as I said, I've known them for years. I know their fucking their, their spiel. And I'm like, introducing the team of fuck. Fuck <laughs> Paris the Shield. That was the that was the one moment and uh yeah that I that I was like, oh damn it. And I spoke to the boys after that. They're like, oh we didn't even notice, dude. Like you you're fine. <laughs> like, okay, cool. <laughs> then I was like, fuck, what a dick. Well, they were probably on the same thing. Like, okay, we got our entrance. We can't fuck this up. We got to do our pose. You know, like they, they, they're they're not even they're not, they're almost probably not even hearing anything. It's probably like just like they're ringing in their ears of just like okay, we got to focus on this. And so yeah, but um, yeah, for real. Yeah, that was uh, that was interesting seeing those guys. But I'll talk more about them when I get to that. But but yeah man just so just really really great job like i said i i um i appreciated you um being able to make this show and uh, i appreciated you being on that show and giving me something else to to enjoy about you know watching this uh interesting getting to see the new talents you know everything was really good but i I just had my eyes on pierce austin and that and that ridiculous suit you were wearing like i was like oh yeah that's Pierce. yes 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 that's so good my my wife picked it out and i was like i was gonna go with like a maroon and black look like maroon uh, suit black shirt and maroon tie and my mm. wife goes, nah, baby, you go out there and be flamboyant tonight. <laughs> and I was that's like, all right. It. So that, that's, that's, my, that's my flamboyant suit. Scott Damore put it over as well. He's like, man, I, yeah, that is a good-looking suit, man. You're a good-looking yeah. suit. Yeah. Yeah, so, low-key low flamboyant is how I would describe it to anybody yeah, who didn't see it. Yeah, I'm not trying to steal the show, but I'm like letting you know that I'm there. But And, and, and even again, I can't put over Scott uh, highly enough, man. Like After the show, he was very welcome. He gave me some feedback and just very honest upfront and, uh, you know, just a very kind dude, bro. Like I said, just he, it, if it was anyone else there, like I felt like he really made the nerves settle, like just how his demeanor was before the show. And even after the show, he just came up to me. He's like, hey, man, good work. And, you know, and I said, OK, can, can I get some feedback, please? And we sat down for, for five minutes and, and he gave me a, a you know some invaluable feedback um which as an announcer as a manager as a commentator on the indies you you get a little bit of feedback but not much so that was like really fucking valuable and even dave penzit like uh like messaged me on twitter as well and, and stuff yeah. like that that's and awesome. just like you know hey man it's always an honor to hold that microphone congratulations you know what i mean and yeah yeah he does a lot of the announcing for impact so you know that's what you're that's what you're being compared to uh can you share a piece of valuable advice that scott demore gave you uh or is that you just want to keep that to the vest <laughs> um no i'll share it he he basically he just said look you, you, there was a there was a small fuck up he goes you recovered quick um he just said you got a good voice you look good uh you present well he said uh like it, it was just more like little nuances kind of thing yeah. like there was nothing really like he goes oh yeah like you didn't introduce like he goes we gave the referee a last name and you didn't introduce the referee in the main event he's like when you were like in that challenge he's like oh fuck this you forgot the referee's name he's like but like 
he goes, it's it's not like ruin you ruined the show. He's like, right. you know what I mean? Like it wasn't dire. Um, but like overall, he just said, man, good job. He, he just had those little little. He said that's just like little nitpicky sort of stuff. And he just goes, man, you just keep doing you, bro. Bro, like honestly. Was he was he wearing the headset the entire time, like a shoot as a shoot? Like, do you have the headset as a collar on and I'll constantly no, take no, it off? No, 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 no. Okay, but he right. may have it went during the show. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, you were up there. Far, you didn't as, see it. Right? As far as after the show, bro, like, nah, he was cool, man. He was just kicking back, enjoying a, a, a cold one, and uh, you know. So, but man, like, honestly, the, the whole the whole roster there: Deanna Peraza, uh, Giselle Shaw, Eddie Edwards. Um, Fakuman, uh, the machine. Uh, the, the 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 great moose. I think. I think yeah. the great moose was there as well. The mo- you know what's funny about moose is like before I even got into podcasting and seeing that shit. When my seven year old was like two, uh, he was sitting there watching Impact Wrestling and how he does the moose gimmick. Like, mm-hmm. like he used to moose all that. And my two year old for the longest time would just like walk around the house when he was two would walk around the house going moose. Yep. And I was like. I should probably go tell him that. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to look like a fucking Mark. I'm scared. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. I, I literally just like spoke to him when I needed to. It was like, hey, hey, doing up here, shake the hand, Frankie was there. Oh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Right, right. And then yeah. I just left the fuck alone because it's like those yep. guys on big travel days, they're in the middle of nowhere. It's fucking freezing. So I was just like, they probably don't want to talk to me. So I was just like, hi, how you doing? I'm Pierce. Shook everyone's hand. Right. I need your shit. What do you want me to say? Done. Left them alone. Very familiar with that feeling. I'm very familiar mm-hmm. with that feeling. Where you're you're in a professional capacity, but you're worried about what they think about you at their level, which they're all probably cool with it, but in your mind, you're just like, ah. Oh, they probably yeah. don't give a fuck, you know what I mean? But yeah. Like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not the one, like, at shows to yep. walk around there. Hey, mm-hmm. man, can you get a photo? Yeah, exactly. No, no not that, that. That's not me. I'm never. Now, like if that. you now if you run into him at three separate occasions on the third time, maybe you can bring up your two year old with the moose thing. But if it's the first handshake, you probably want to just hold that one. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah, like you know what? It, like, I'm, yeah, like bro, like I've spoken to enough wrestlers over my year, like wrestlers, you know, from all sorts of levels and whatever, and. You know what I mean? Like, I know the deal. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like they, exactly. They don't really want to fucking hear the story. Like, uh, they, okay. Like, I'm sure he would have gone, oh, cool, man. Yeah. That, oh, that's really cute. Whatever. And whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so right. why be fucking awkward and weird? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, well, you know, that's going to come into play too, because if, you know, when and if the next time it come around, they're going to be looking for a ring announcer. They're going to maybe looking for more than a ring announcer. And then no one will be thinking, Hey, that's that guy that was running around talking about his two year old all day. So you'll be in good shape setting yourself up mm-hmm. for the next one. That's hopefully that, that level of professionalism is something that people that are on the Indies now can, you know, kind of take that and, and think about the future. Like you never know who you're going to see on the way up, on the way down. That's going to remember that. Oh, that's that guy, you know? So just to try not to mark out when you're, when you're back there, but that's, you, you know that, I mean, you're, you're already been doing this for a minute. You know, you get the deal. A hundred percent, bro. And, and even on the indie level, there's shows that you're going to go at where like you're a big fish in a small pond, man. And I did that the week before and I had like a lot of, you know, guys that were on that lower level coming up to me. Go, oh, I love the podcast, man. Can you get me on? Oh, yeah, okay, cool, bro. Shake hands. But you're cool with people, man, because like the same, you know, the ass that you, you know, 
my dad used to tell me a thing, be careful of the toes you step on today because they may be connected to the arse you may have to kiss tomorrow. And True. that's kind of like mm-hmm. my motto where I was just like, bro, I'm just, I just be cool with everyone. I don't give a fuck where you are on the card or what level you're at on any show. Man, you're on a show where I'm on a show. I'm nothing special. Like, so I'm going to be cool with everybody. Who am I? My shit stinks like everybody else. Yeah, but you do have that cool suit. So, well, I just want to, I'll let you go, but uh, I, thank, you. thank you so much for coming on here and talking to us. Um, t- put over anything you want the people to know about, any projects you got coming up, any other things, just let let everybody know right now. Hey, Shooting the Shit Uncensored, you can find it on YouTube and all podcast platforms on the Piers Austin YouTube channel and all Piers Austin podcast platforms. Uh, just search Piers Austin, it'll come up. You can follow me on Twitter, at Piers Austin instagram at the piers austin to keep up to date with uh all the crazy shit that i'm doing <laughs> yes yeah it is crazy so you're gonna want to keep up with it yeah you you you'll even find a, an episode of shooting the shit uncensored with yours truly if you look hard enough so you know check that out if you haven't done that we had a blast i thought so we'll have to hook it up for round two one of these days but uh but yeah pierce thanks thanks a lot man thanks for talking to us and have a great day brother Anytime for you boys, man. Anytime. Appreciate it, man. Love you guys. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Peace. Good seeing you, man. There you go. The legendary The Piers Austin has been unlocked. Mm -hmm. And yeah, man. Mm -hmm. uh, Like I said, he did a great job. We'll talk more about we'll talk more about that because I'll I'll run over the shows real quick. I'm not going to go into too deep a detail, but I watched both the shows and I'll just give little notes that people might find interesting that didn't bother to watch. So We'll get to that now where were we i think we were just right at the beginning of our of our episode of impact here after we're about to get to the rascals doing a promo Mm -hmm. unfortunately they are in the lights brandon brandon they are back in the lights so uh that's the bad news the good news is i think that was the only lights that was on this episode so you know we threw it for the rascals but anyway they're basically saying a bunch of stuff like talking about you abandoned you abandoned us you abandoned there's talking about a lot of abandonment issues i think i wasn't really listening to what they were saying because i really don't give a shit about these guys i'm just gonna be honest no offense to them i i did notice too and and this is gonna sound so petty but damn it i'm just trying to be entertaining guys okay i just wanted to make you guys laugh but like you look at trey miguel's haircut and he's clearly like he goes to the barber and he gets his he gets he gets his shit lined up and the fade is like touched up and everything and he's just fucking he's but he's bald in the middle it's like dude just cut your hair it's if 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 you know just accept it like i have like so many others have just you know i don't try to grow it out like so it's going to be sticking up around the sides and they just have this bald patch in the middle when it's time it's time it's no big deal you know you're already ricochet accepted it you're trying to be ricochet you're you're like tiny budget ricochet you can just go with the you can either go with the full head shave or at least just shave your head down to like the lowest part that your hair grows now i i think so um you know that's what i have to say about that brandon what'd you think of this promo it was like what 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 did we accomplish other than we're here and we're back like what is your intentions like i and they mentioned that the whole match that this had didn't make didn't mean anything so why did the match even happen in the first place if it was a setup for Wentz to come back? That's basically what he said it was. Yeah. And it's also, this This goes to my thing that I always talk about with these logic details, right? It's like, okay, so this guy was sitting around, even if you just look at these, like, these are all live episodes. So you mean everybody was just sitting around and this guy just showed up, did a run-in, 
and it's cool to be on camera doing a promo now which means well if that's not the case that means they must have already worked out a deal and re-signed him so he was already there and re-signed and trey miguel wouldn't have known about that because he looked pretty surprised to see him when he got there so they were kayfabing trey miguel that his old partner got like if you're looking at this shit like it's real the way they do these like these surprise appearances and shit doesn't make sense i'm surprised he didn't have like his own full music and entrance on this <laughs> but at least they didn't do that but they have in the past like oh by the way this guy that looks like he's just spontaneously arriving but he's got his music and his package and his new new merch t-shirt and all this stuff like but even if you take it a step further than that we know these episodes were all taped in one location so you mean he sat around for three weeks worth of TV shows and didn't do anything only to run in partway through the last match and the last set of tapings before you guys flew to Australia? Like, is that what you're telling me? I, I, just, wish, I just wish people would, like, stop with this extra phony bullshit, you know? I mean, but what can I say? It's never going to happen. Um, nope. Deanna's out for commentary on uh, Trinity versus Jay Vidal. Uh, Jay Vidal taps out to the Starstruck. And then uh, afterwards, when they kick the shit out of Trinity, um, Deanna's taking her time to get off the commentary desk and help out. And, you know, I guess that makes sense because she just has to defend her title. She doesn't necessarily want to help, but... You know, being the newly christened baby face that Deanna Parazzo is, you know, she can't just sit around and do nothing. So eventually she like wanders into the ring and they all scatter with their half-hearted attempt at a save. They're pretty sure they still had the numbers advantage and didn't have to go anywhere, but that's fine. Um, so <laughs> and, all, and also the biggest one in their group too. Oh, yeah. Everybody in there. Yeah, just, yeah. Savannah Evans untouched the entire time, but She's got to take a powder as soon as Deanna lazily gets in the ring. So I'm not sure about that. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Is that, was that the right, the right business? No, that did not make any sense at all. Yeah. Like if they're going to do it that way, they, what they could have done was had them, the three of them jump Deanna as well and leave Deanna and Trinity laying and then have Trinity say, it's your fault. We had took that beating because you took your sweet time getting in there. Yeah, exactly. Well, see if they ever address it. Any other thoughts on the match itself or any of the surrounding business? Uh, it could have went shorter to get the business it needed to done. But one thing I noticed was Trinity got in a huge reaction. I mean, they were, crowd was hot for her. Yep. Well, so there's obviously, definitely, obviously something there. Well, they treat her like a star since she's got there. There's literal stars all over her entrance and her outfits and everything. And uh, she is one of the higher profile gets from the other companies. So it makes sense. You know, you're going to get a lot of, I don't want to say a lot, but certainly some segment of the fans are only watching and because they're following her there, you know? So um, hopefully uh, Impact does enough to keep those fans around. So next we get Moose, the wrestling god. Um, even him just sitting there is cool. He's just like sitting in a chair in a room and you're just like, I don't know what he's doing, but it's cool. And, uh, then Brian Myers comes in and he's like, you know, Hey Moose. Hey buddy. Hey, thanks for getting the 
most professional wrestling gods together and he's saying yeah we're we're cool and everything like that and then he looks at the good hands and he's like just one thing you know basically he says ditch the dead weight that's 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 the that's the ultimatum from moose ditch the dead weight and um brian myers doesn't seem to have a problem with that He'll, he'll be happy to ditch the dead weight so uh yeah the good hands are sort of uh you know sol here what do you think about that I thought they could have actually played a decent role. It's kind of like Moose and uh, Brian's knockaround guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Moose could have been a real dick to them. Like, you could have gotten some good material out of that. Yeah, I suppose you could have, and maybe we still will. We don't know because Brian Myers seemed to be like trying to like comfort them. Like, this is this is temporary. This is temporary. Don't worry about it. So we may see them like trying to sneak around and hang around or something like that. They may end up doing something with that, but but yeah. Um, well, we'll see. Um, but that's moose. I don't think we get any more moose, do we? That's unfortunately that's it for moose no. Sadly, fuck. God damn it. All right. Well, anyway. Uh, so apparently, Swinger got a victory and. Um, the referee comes back and tells Zicky Dice that they reviewed the tape and that uh, the victory is overturned. So this would be a first for Impact Wrestling, uh, paying attention to what a referee does in the match. Um, so my thing was, I didn't see this happen in the first place. Did I miss something? I did not see this. I think it was on BTI. They didn't even show, like on my feed, maybe it got cut. They didn't even show the BTI clip. So... I didn't see it. Did, did they show it? Did anybody that saw this, did they see any clips of this? Yeah, I so missed one, it completely. Yeah, because they showed the clip of, uh, I forgot how it went down, but Swinger got the win with a with dice fast count. Okay. Who did he get a win over? Uh, just some some job guy they brought in. Some job guy? I, I, don't, I, forgot, yeah, I, forgot, I, I don't mean to say it like that, but I, 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 apologize, I just don't remember his name. Yeah, uh, well, that's fine. That's probably the point. Um, but yeah, so that's one of the downfalls of having to watch illicit feeds, you know, is sometimes if their editing job and uploading misses certain things, then, you know, I'm not able to see it. So I didn't see this. Uh, Jerome saying that this is crap. We need more moose, damn it. And he's right. Uh, who am I to disagree with the great Jerome Hall? Um, but I will say that, uh, you know, more moose is never a bad thing uh however yeah i can't comment on what actually went down because i certainly didn't watch bti and i didn't even see the clip so for me this was a little bit confusing but i mean i can put it together i seemed to know what was going on and we knew this was going to happen anyway like even if this never happened this is what we would have wrote as the first thing that happens like he tries to screw some job guy out of imagine swingers and it's gonna get overturned like because they admitted on camera that that's exactly what they were trying to do. So why wouldn't the referees be watching it for just that reason? Yep, they already shown they can't be trusted. We got to keep an eye on them. That's right. All right. So uh, speaking of keeping an eye on, um, we get the debut of the bad child Leo Rush, uh, and he's going to take on some guy named Jack Price, who they tried to tell me was a runner-up in gut check from last year, and I'm like. 
who cares? You might as well not even say that. It doesn't matter. Just say his name's Jack Price. The next guy that Swinger's going to try to get a victory over. But anyway, uh, yeah, Leo Rush making his debut. Obviously a heel. Um, has not been a heel in a while. In New Japan, he's in the Chaos Faction, involved with them, and he's a clear babyface. And uh, everything that he's been doing over there has been uh, pretty good. Um, I've been a fan of Leo Rush for a while, um, but not for the reasons you guys might think. Uh, what did you see here in this debut with uh, Leo Rush? What was the impression that uh, he made on you? Uh, I just could not get over the fact this is the third match in a row we had where people went to the outside and was doing stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, come on. Look, this, <laughs> that's the least of our complaints now. <laughs> The, the outside of the ring is as much a part of the ring as the ring now. That's just that's just the deal. Um, uh, I honestly didn't get anything from him. He was just, to me, he felt like another dude doing flippies. Yeah. I agree with that assessment based on this match, yes. But, um... Yeah. Um... I mean, like yeah, you say, yeah, I'm sure, like, the other stuff that he's done has been a lot more character-driven. He's been shown a lot more, but here, this was not a very good... Um, way to intro him no i don't i don't know um it it it's i guess the more important thing was the business uh that would happen later but it was um i think one of leo rush's strengths is like as a heel he's very convincing with his attitude uh however his his normal strength which is speed like when you watch leo rush he's one of the fastest people in the entire pro wrestling industry like foot foot speed wise um he's just so fast he's not as sure-footed now as he's getting older he used to be the the 24 year old piece of gold now he's like almost the 30 year old piece of gold but he's he's so he's he's getting up there and he's not as sure-footed as he used to be as it seems like at times but still incredibly blazing fast and yes he does do a lot of flips and everything however that doesn't necessarily lend itself to being a heel uh, as much of the time um but i've seen him work matches uh as a heel in the past during his stint in 205 live in wwe where i was just like wow i'm blown away by this kid he's really he looked menacing even though he's tiny he's like the size of a small he really is a bad child He's like, he's incredibly tiny, um, you know, not only in height, but just in overall stature. And, uh, but he, f like when he was, he's Sonic, he's, he was playing like when he was playing a heel at certain times, uh, during his 205 live run, he might as well, he was working like he was 6'3", 240. You know, where it wasn't about doing flips, but he would, like, punch a guy and let the guy sell it. And he had this look on his face that I thought, I was like, did this guy, did this guy take liberties on Leo? And he's, he's getting a receipt now? Like, that, that's, how, that's how good he was in the character. If he can ever get back to that, only problem is it's difficult when, again, you're, he can't help being as small as he is. There's nothing he can do about it. It doesn't matter how many steroids he gets on or anything, because that's not going to help his style anyway. Uh, but he can't grow any taller or anything, so it just kind of sucks. I feel like at this stage he's really good as a babyface too, but it doesn't look like that's where they're going. 
he uh, could, he could do a really good job as that scrappy underdog that keeps fighting from underneath it, and you can't get your hands on him. Oh yeah, he's perfect for that. He's very much in the Rey Mysterio mold, I feel, as a best use. But that's one of those things. It's like, God damn, but he's so good as a heel. That's the that's the problem. Like his attitude. When you see him do some promos, you'll you'll get it. Um, but when just watching this match, it's like, oh, he's got all the character and all like the facial expressions, the demeanor and everything of a great heel. He can also be a great baby face. So it just kind of sucks. It's like one of those people that can really do it all. Um, but you have to sacrifice something for another thing. So I think that, that we're, with the heat too, where uh, for a heel, the heat is like you never, he never gets his comeuppance because you can never catch him. Yep. Yeah, it's it's perfect. Um, but you know, it's 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 also a weird situation. You're like you have to debut yourself to a potentially a new audience that hasn't seen you before. So you got to show off to a certain degree, but you also got to maintain your heel character and not do. Too, it, it's uh, it's an unenviable position, and and he is he is a young guy. So you know, it, it's I I don't envy that position. I'm just I'm a fan of Leo Rush. I'm in his corner. Hopefully. Um, you know he'll uh he'll impress everybody because i know he's got the goods it's just using those goods at the best uh possible um way uh next is uh dango shooting quote shooting on santino <laughs> where he basically tells the story of how santino broke into the business which is as somebody that was there or kind of there it's kind of true but it's not exactly true. Uh, so, um, but yeah, he basically was saying how the only reason that Santino got a job is because uh, Jim Cornette slapped him and the WWE didn't want him to sue the company. That's, that's the story that, that um, Dango went with. Not that he was there. Uh, I was there. Or at least... I was, I say sort of there because this happened during my hiatus when I was between, like I, I had come to OVW already and been there for a while. I moved back home, but before I moved back permanently to Louisville, all this stuff happened. And my friend that was there, my friend and tag team partner that I was communicating with the whole time was telling me the story. So Santino came during my hiatus and he was training with the beginners, even though he had experience. Then he went into Rip Rogers' class. And what they used to do was they had uh, guys, they used to have like the students sit in this certain section of the crowd and they would be like the security, right? So so Santino had his, his kid, his daughter, which, you know, uh, Dango also mentioned, who works at the WWE now in NXT, but she was just a little, like a little toddler back then. So he had, he would go back and forth to Canada. And I guess there was like, it was like a custody thing, you know, like he had visitation or whatever. So he got his daughter. I could be wrong on this part. This part I'm kind of fuzzy on, but that's just what I picked up. So he had gone to Canada to get his daughter and bring her back down for however long. And while he was while he was gone, they decided to debut the Boogeyman on TV. So we all know the Boogeyman; he's coming to get you. And they were he was doing that gimmick, and he would like scare the audience. Like 
he he would go to the audience and like go ah like and everybody you know of course the students that were supposed to be security you know security for the show they all sold it like oh my god you know don't 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 touch me boogeyman right so santino comes back after this had been going on and he's sitting there and he's got his daughter with him and he's sitting in the security section with the rest of the students and he doesn't know the gimmick because he wasn't there to see the debut of the boogeyman and the boogeyman goes to scare everybody and he laughs because he thinks it's funny because it is ridiculous and then jim Cornette pulls him backstage you know slaps the shit out of him in front of everybody supposedly and uh kicks him out um and he was worried that he was never gonna you know be able to be at ovw again but you know to to uh protect the names of the innocent i won't tell you who but some people advised him to call Johnny Ace and tell him what happened because they had been some of the people had been less than thrilled with Jim Cornette at OVW and maybe the WWE was a little less than thrilled and they were looking for an excuse uh, to install Paul Heyman there and get Paul Heyman out of everybody's hair because you know how Paul Heyman can be so there goes there goes Paul Heyman down to OVW uh, Jim Cornette's out of his own company that he helped to start. Um, and, uh, yeah. But Santino did not get a job right off the bat. Whether that was because the optics of it would look bad. Um, you know, like, of, of all of a sudden the guy that gets slapped gets a WWE contract. Or whether they really weren't planning on... Like, as far as I knew, his reward... Uh, for everything was not getting kicked out of the school like he was allowed to come back and continue to train and everything like that and then months later after he had been doing a completely different gimmick than what he ended up doing as an italian guy you know and the milan miracle and all that uh after several months of training that which i was there for um, and I had been working with him the entire time. Eventually, the WWE gave him a contract when they did one of their tryouts when they came down there. Could it have been a, a, a favor tryout? Yes. But I don't remember at that time being close to several parties involved of hearing any scuttlebutt about him threatening to sue the WWE. So that part may be made up. That may be something that the fans had picked up or maybe it had been erroneously reported or something like that. Or maybe I was just kept in the dark. But... Considering the amount of rumors that swirled around and made their way back to me that ended up becoming true, or at least partially true, that I heard about, I don't know why I wouldn't have heard about that one. So, that's my personal take on the whole thing. I like to uh, share those types of things when I have the opportunity. And so, that one, that's that. Um, but, uh, somehow, Santino here cuts a promo... Where he's like still in his ridiculous character, but he's serious and angry. So I thought this was really good, a uh, really good promo. He actually says "son of a bitch" instead of "son of a gun" this time. So he, you know he's really angry now. But yeah, he he was he he took exception to it, and I thought it was a money promo. What what about you? I thought he nailed it. Like this was exactly what it needed to be. Like he. Like he was staying in character, but he cut the comedy, he cut the joking, he got right to the point and was serious because, well, he went, angle went personal. Yep. Talked about the kid. Don't talk about the kid. Uh, and and I, not to put myself over, but I mean, 
you remember me saying when Santino first joined with Impact, I was like, you're going to see that this guy can do whatever's necessary at any given time and how good he is and how much range he has. He's not just a one-note uh, character, you know? So um, I think this was a really good proof of that, of him showing, like, you don't have to... You, you don't have to break the kayfabe or whatever to get your point across. You can still be, even if you're doing the comedy gimmick, I mean, you could still be serious in the comedy gimmick somehow. Uh, not everybody would do this. Not everybody would take this 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 seriously. But, yeah, he, he's that good, I'm just telling you guys. So, um, I loved it. Apparently, Brandon loved it. Uh, what, anything to say about uh, Dango's little uh, video? I mean, not, not a whole lot. I mean, it did feel like he was kind of trying to, like, okay, we're going for this. For, uh, obviously, Santino probably cleared this because they, they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't agree on sure, it. Sure, sure. But then, like, they're friends, too. I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah. But then, like, then once uh, Santino's promo hit, like, okay, that was actually the nice, nice layup for Santino to, to spike it. Yep. Sure did. Um, well, the next thing we see is not really the same as this. Uh, <laughs> it's it's Fat Eddie and Kazarian, and what I took from this was maybe the you know maybe they're better off as opponents, as as uh, as Eddie said. Um, I don't know about you, but I I found myself almost like if it were. It was almost funny enough to laugh at how many times the name Kowalski got thrown around in this one short backstage bit. Like they are really beating this into the ground. Like uh, I you know don't. Do you know they're Kowalski guys? I I didn't. I I'd forgotten until you just reminded me. Yeah. 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 They they kept saying that like it means anything to anybody. You know, like. It's not something people can relate to. Even if you were ta even if you were saying like, m maybe, like maybe to this audience, it might resonate if you were say something like, "We're both Hogan guys" or some somebody like on that level. No offense to Killer Kowalski, I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm not disparaging Killer Kowalski, but even for me. Like, it's not like some known thing in wrestling where Kowalski guys stick together. That's not like a cliche that I know of. And I've been in the business. So them doing this is kind of just like, I think it's it's okay to have it as a premise. But the amount of times that they reference it in a short span, it's like, you're, you're, you're trying too hard. You know, like now I'm starting to, it's becoming more evident that this is ridiculous. Whereas if you just mentioned it back at the start or whatever, and you weren't obviously trying to remind everybody of some wrestler that it's in, in for an entire generation is more famous for training triple H than anything he did in his own career. I, I again, not disparaging killer Kowalski in any way. You guys know me better than that, but, um, but and yeah, it's, and that's not to say that what he did and the people he trained was not an enormous contribution to the business. No, it was. It's not appreciated enough, probably. I'm just saying, like, you know, like Liz is saying here, stop trying to make fetch happen. You know, <laughs> like, it's never going to happen. 
Uh, but, you know, in a way, I'm glad that they're bringing up Killer Kowalski, but the way they're doing it is not optimal, is basically what I'm trying to say. It's too shoehorned, and it makes you sound ridiculous, especially because, like, look, I make fun of Eddie a lot, and it's mostly just for your guys' entertainment, but in all honesty, and I would say this directly, promos are not your strong suit, Eddie. I mean, I'll just look in the camera and say it. They're not. It's not what you're... I don't... Honestly, I couldn't tell you what your strong suit is at this point, but whatever it is, it's not promos. So you're not able to carry off what needs to be done here in this way. It sounds disingenuous a little bit. So it almost sounds like a parody, you know? Um, so I, I, I don't know, but whatever. Uh, we'll see. Um, we'll see what they do. Um, and then we get, uh, speaking of see what they do, we get Kylan King versus Masha Slamovich. Okay, they have a match. Mm -hmm. Even though I watched it, I was still like, I like watching Masha matches, but I still was watching it, like totally watching it and still zoned out during it. So I guess it really wasn't that necessarily great of a match, but it I wasn't. apologize. Yeah, it no, not, not that great. Okay, not one of... Again, we we you know we were conditioned that Masha's a killer and beats everybody in five seconds, and now now that in the post Jordan Grace era, she's having competitive matches with anybody. So even if Kylan King's one half of the tag team champions or whatever, it still feels like whatever. But um, but uh, after uh, after Killer Kelly comes out and neutralizes Taylor Wild with a uh, Masha hits the snowplow, and then. Um, then we get the uh, well. What do we what do we want to call this? The uh, I don't know. What What do you think? I think the crowd summed it up pretty well. If you listen to what they were chanting, what were they chanting? I know uh, one of them was definitely HLA. Mm. I'm back better than ever. Yeah. Uh, this very heavy undertones of, uh, like they knew what they were doing. Let's just put it that way. Even overtones, you might say. Trip to Swingers Dungeon. Well, it said Trip to Swingers Dungeon. I was waiting for someone to lick someone's face, honestly, she says. Well, um, yeah, basically what happens is they get face to face in the ring and, uh, you know, we got the chain still, and uh, I guess Masha, the best way to describe it would be she leashes Killer Kelly and uh, pulls her to the back. So, there you go. I don't know. I'll, let's just see where this goes. Let's see where this goes. Let's hope it doesn't go where Lab Rat thinks it's going to go. Let's just hope that. I know, to be honest, I kind of had an idea that it was going to go when that first vignette came out where Kelly was talking about how she wanted to, like, saw Masha as a playmate. Mm -hmm. Like, this, they're probably going that direction with this. Yeah. Well, ultimately, it's still a pro wrestling show, and they're not going to be able and, to do, any, do anything too sexy, so. All right, and plus, the real world, this happens in the real world. Yes. People always have dog collar matches in the comfort of their own home, and then... Chain each other to each other and walk around. I guess you haven't been to a pride parade recently. Uh, well, you know. 
I may have missed a few local, uh, but it's been hot. You know, it's been extra hot, so I couldn't. Uh, so Scott Demore uh, gets a put over package here, um, <laughs> which is funny. I'm glad we had Piers Austin coming and singing the praise of Scott Demore, letting us know that he definitely deserves the praise and that he's a good guy. Uh, because this is comical to me, and otherwise I would probably be a little harder on him roasting him for it. But this is just like a long thing of like, it, it, even even within the package, it feels like they're making excuses for Scott Demore. <laughs> like, look, I was in a newspaper once. Like, it's just like like the, the the actual accomplishments that they can list. And again, I'm not disparaging. Look, Scott Demore. Whatever you want to say, look, I'm sitting here doing a podcast. Scott Demore does and has done and continues to do uh, way more than I do. So he contributes a lot more to wrestling than I do. I just sit here and critique his show, and then he makes the changes as necessary. So you're welcome. But I'm just saying, like, I I have no amount of true disrespect for Scott Demore. I'm just trying to be entertaining because this is kind of silly like the way they do this like you don't have to like justify scott demore just putting him in the match is enough and he can speak for himself like it's almost like you're setting yourself up to shit the bed if you have to explain how much why he's supposed to be in a competitive match coming up pretty soon you know it's like you're almost making excuses for yourself right off the bat just in case anything goes wrong or whatever you know, we don't need to know. All we need to know is that, yeah, you did this, man. But they dedicated several minutes of TV time to telling you how many roads Scott Demore has been up and down, and you know how many people has come through his Can-Am dojo, and they had Kushida saying that he'd never done anything in wrestling before, and uh, came to Scott Demore, and Scott Demore let him live with him, which I'm not sure that's entirely true. I was pretty sure that Kushida had some pro wrestling training before he ever came. Uh, outside of japan but like i don't know i'm not i didn't look into it that deep we'll just take him at his word um but just just very interesting stuff here and then uh he gets to go with uh gia and no music underneath um and then he gets interrupted by the good hands and uh scott demore instead of challenging them to a match um just basically six pco on him for next week so that, that's basically what ends up happening here uh your thoughts on the great scott demore Oh man, that's yeah. It was definitely much. Like I can get like maybe a, just a little something to kind of explain. Like, hey, he did this for a little bit. He, you know, just a quick gloss over of his in-ring career, and then you know, obviously the PCO stuff is uh, just lame and cheesy. I mean, I guess you can use a good hands to get him over, or at least get him with something. You know what I could have gone for. Um... <laughs> just to do my own little on the spot live punch up that I spent zero seconds thinking about it before we started talking about it. But you know, it would have been better than this, this long package is to, long package. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What would have been better than that is um, if say, for example, maybe not just this once, but leading up to Slammiversary um, or even like in a montage on one show, you could have had, somebody like Gia or even I know Jimmy Jacobs is like the personal and he's not going to be there anymore, but I'm just saying like you could have had, you could have had Gia be like asking people, um, you know, Hey, you know, what do you think about this or that? And then they can tell like a quick short Scott Demore story 
You know, like yeah. Scott Demore's Scott Demore's coming up on Slamversary, him and PCO, and you know, people are saying this is the blah blah blah. But you know, what, what do you think about it? You have a history with Scott Demore, and then they could just tell a brief story, you know, and then put him over that way. Like, hey, back back when we were doing the, the ice ice road death tours or whatever, you know, he, you know, pushed the van out of the ice <laughs> when it fell through the <laughs> when a crack and fell through the ice and. <laughs> He pushed it out by himself or, well, you know, whatever. Just just put him over, like, in more organic ways, I think. You could tell true stories, you know, and I think that would do better than just him saying, like, hey, I may not have been the world champion of every promotion, but I've been around. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I think that does a little better for him, you know. Yeah, get more into his personality and who he is. Yeah, and then you can tell, like, stories from a match. Like, he, you know... He made a he 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 was injured during a match and he made a comeback and pulled off the win or you know just just tell like a true a true anecdote about Scott Demore and then that will get people ready to see him you know without getting their expectations up too high and then maybe he didn't pull the van out of the broken ice but the ice lake but you know what I'm saying I was just making it up like I said zero seconds of forethought um, so next is Yuya Uemura versus Kenny King. And then uh, before this match starts, we see Joe Hendry in the truck, and we find mm -hmm. out that Josh Matthews is a truck monkey. So <laughs> that's where he's been, if anybody was wondering. Um, and then Kenny King gets the win after about eight minutes of TV time, uh, which I believe included a break. Uh, and then Hendry comes out, and he debuts the new single, which is called The Kenny King Story. Um, but you know, all these stories like have a main theme and what, what, what was the theme for this one, Brandon? Kenny used to be a stripper. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. Uh, which gets a stripper Kenny chant going stripper Kenny. Yeah. And, uh, I think Kenny King had the right reaction to this where he didn't like oversell it, but he was kind of like, you know, like, <laughs> fuck <laughs> i don't want you to tell everybody this um because because realistically it's like in 2023 does it matter if a guy was a male stripper once like is and, that and also as a chippendales dancer which is kind of like the elite you know dancer, <laughs> yes you know? yeah those guys are way more over than impact wrestling so i don't know if he's not slumming it being back here having a match <laughs> with fucking joe hendry you know or a program with joe hendry but you know, regardless of that, the crowd seemed to have fun with it. and um, That's what mattered. Yeah. So while this is, I will say that this is kind of like a good old boy mentality of like, oh, that'll be heat. He used to be a stripper, you know. <laughs> but in these days, who really doesn't care? Who really cares? But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a funny song. Uh, was this song, I, I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't pay enough attention. I mean, I heard the whole song, but I wasn't listening to see if it was like a parody of an actual popular song like the other ones have been. Would you say this was derivative uh, of a specific one? Or maybe somebody in the chat? Not one that I've heard. Okay. Yeah, it might have been. It may have been some Taylor Swift song or something. Or it could have just been Joe Hendry's generic songs, you know. Who knows? It, it was funny, though. It was a catchy tune as usual, and... Uh, you know, once again, Kenny King just sat there while Joe Henry debuted this whole thing. If he was still in the truck, that would have been a better excuse why Kenny King would just run down there and punch him in the mouth with Sheldon Jean, who's there also. So it's a two-on-one. But once again, these guys are stuck around with their 
uh, thumb up their ass while Joe Hendry just mocks them openly on the stage and they have to watch a whole music video. So if he stayed in the truck, like I said, I think that probably would have been better production-wise. So again, you're welcome, Scott Demore, for my production notes. See if you can incorporate that into the next one. And you can still try my Gia interview idea if you want. Um, and Liz saying, it's not like they wear more clothes in the ring than a stripper wears. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, those 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 Chippendales, I don't think they do full frontal usually. That's probably like extra off to the side, right? You don't you don't get that in the main show. Um but yeah, there you go. Uh stripper Kenny. Um and finally our main event, Nick Aldis explains his actions. <laughs> what a what a blockbuster. That'd be a main event anywhere in the world. A man explaining his actions. Um <laughs> I think a lot of men have to explain their actions. And I've got a long list of people ahead of Nick Aldis that I'd like to see. Um, however, uh, I'm just going to say this right at the top. I love Nick Aldis doing stuff like this. He's really good at these type of things. He doesn't make it feel like this is the same old wrestling bullshit, even though it is. It definitely yeah. is. It's the same cliche wrestling bullshit. I'm going to explain my actions. But Nick Aldis is so good, so conversational. Like, he's just at the right pitch and tone for this. Like, when he's talking to the people, his attitude is perfect. Like, he's nailing this um, in ways that most guys on the mic don't. Like, most of them overplay it, and it becomes too phony sports entertainment, you know? Or too wrestling, or whatever. Like, it's this was as close to somewhat realistic as this situation can get and i put that all on nick aldis's shoulders because he's clearly not scripted here he's going off his bullet points um and he did this in the nwa which made him a great figurehead for the nwa and they look stupid for letting him go when he wanted to be there because uh, i don't really think they're doing shit right now uh colin says nothing is too wrestling well what do you expect from a north carolinian you shut the fuck up <laughs> Nor um, yeah, or you can jump in if you want, whatever. <laughs> you got the keys. So, um, yeah, but anyway, so he calls out he calls out Alex Shelley. Um, and Alex Shelley already coming out, like again, now this I'm I swear to God, I'm not just picking on Alex Shelley. I would level this criticism at anybody. Even if Moose came out and did this, I would say this. But Alex Shelley comes off like a bitch in this situation. Not only does he call Nick Aldis a bitch, you know, at some point, uh, but that's not here. First, he's coming out and he's basically saying thing like, uh, this is my ring. You know, he's, he's saying, this is my ring. That's a heel thing to say. He says, I'm a working class hero, which you don't call yourself a working class hero. Other people call you a working class hero. You just stay humble. But in here, he's being like a cocky prick, even though he's supposed to be the baby face in the situation who was wronged which he was. He was wronged by Nick Aldis, and that's why Nick Aldis is here to explain his actions. Otherwise, why would he have anything to explain? So clearly, from that perspective, he's looking at, you know, I'm the victim in this situation, but he comes out and he starts talking like this, and he sounds like he's the heel, almost. Uh, and he, he, he calls himself the people's champion. Again, it the heel rock can call himself the people's champion. The baby face doesn't call himself the people's champion. The people call you the people's champion. The announcers call you the people's champion. Anybody but you calls you the people's champion, right? I mean, am I, am, am I making sense here? I think the only time it ever worked was for the rock. Cause he did it as a heel and as, as a, a heel douchebag. 
and then mm -hmm. it eventually turned him into a baby face right and if you're the baby face then you continue doing the things that got you over as a heel and the people just cheer for you but alex shelley's supposed to be the baby face he's never not been the baby face at least not for a long long time and he comes off in this situation like he's the douchebag and the only reason that the the crowd is not going along with that is because they know they're not supposed to because they know nick aldis was in the wrong so and he's british so that right there is enough for them to still stick with him because they know they're supposed to but based on just his actions alone he's kind of whiny here so alex i'm just telling you like you as the babyface stay humble and let everybody else put you over but anyway he does sit down in the crowd uh because he's the people's champion uh but he also um you know like i'm just but i i listen to these two nick aldis does his explaining and the way he lays it out even though he's being a heel he's still being more calm and rational than alex shelley is alex shelley's going for the cheap pops and the insults he does call him a bitch and I'm just watching this and I'm like, of these two, like what grown man in their right mind, if they ever just turned on the channel and just saw this and looking at the situation, what grown man in there or woman or whoever in there, what grown adult in their right mind would cheer for Alex Shelley based on what they said over Nick Aldis? Like, I mean, all this kind of, or Shelley's actions, the way he behaved kind of proved everything Aldis said right right and i don't know if he meant to do that like are they doing a are they planning a turn you know like a double turn or something or like what do they think they're gonna do um but i just that's just my observation um and i don't think i'm really wrong in that but you know it is what it is up to the crowd to decide these people decided they were going to back shelly but again that's because that's the direction they were being led it wasn't specifically based on their words alone um and uh then uh so i guess something happens here where now i forget the order of what happened because did they did they get in the ring and start to fight i believe so yes and then leo rush ran in yeah oh, wait no saban had saban to come out first right, right? yes yeah, So they had to have fought saban runs in and then rush runs in right so again two-on-one baby faces here at the start or was it just that nick aldis jumped him and Saban was trying to protect his friend. I think that was probably more like it, right? But um, either way, Rush comes in, and that's a surprise in itself. Just the fact that he's backing up Nick Aldis, because to my knowledge, these two have never had any interactions or, or uh, you know, um, what's the word? Affiliation uh, in the past. Uh, so... And we know Leo Rush has... He could definitely fit in with that, like, high-roller um limousine riding jet flying type that nick aldis likes to play leo rush would look good in that kind of you know in that setup in that in that character so he um, would yeah he would fit right in as like a, as an associate of nick aldis yeah so this was an unexpected pairing that i'm interested to see what they do with uh he and aldis leave the guns laying i'm fine with that like labras said earlier i'm cheering when the guns get beat up and yep <laughs> And he even says Nick and Rush became face in my eyes at the end of this. So, yeah, there you go. Um, that's, that's the episode of Impact there.
Uh, so, I mean, what do you think? What, what would you give this as a as a letter grade? It's another one of those in between a major event shows. I give it a D plus. A D plus. Oh my god, they barely have a way of failing. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, real quick, um, we'll uh, I'll run down the Impact Down Under shows. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I'll kind of give everybody an overview of what happened and the, the cards. Um, so night one, we had an opening match of two Australian uh, mainstays, which apparently they've had a few in the past, which is uh, Slex, The Business, which uh, your peers talking about earlier, versus Adam Brooks. Um, if you've never seen Adam Brooks, uh, he looks like Alexander Hammerstone if Alexander Hammerstone were a normal-sized human being. Uh, but other than that, he looks just like him. Uh, I believe... Uh, I believe Adam Brooks went over in this, not that it matters. Uh, then the Motor City Machine Guns cut a promo, um, cause they've got, uh, they've got matches, they've got individual matches on this show. Um, then we get Giselle Shaw versus somebody named, and I quote, uh, the Dreamtime Voodoo Witch, Erica Reed. You know, when you hear a name like Dreamtime Voodoo Witch, you may have expected a name more exotic than Erica Reed, but there, you know, there we go. Well, she's Dreamtime and she's Voodoo, but uh, she's not going to beat Giselle, so uh, there you go. Um, and I believe I saw a picture of. Uh, uh, I like how Impact ended, but zero follow up on the shows down under. Well, they hadn't they hadn't occurred yet. That's why. Like these shows just happened over the weekend. They had already taped this three weeks ago, so that's why you're not going to get any follow up. Um, but, uh, and that would be too much post-production work, you know? Um, but yeah, they hadn't, they hadn't even, uh, they hadn't even aired yet. I think show one was on, what, Friday, Saturday, something like that. It was like, it's either Friday or Saturday or Saturday or Sunday, and it's already the next day in Australia, so that even more plays havoc with my time zone brain, so. <laughs> um, yeah, then we get a promo from Burt Macklin. Uh, then we get Fat Eddie versus Joe Hendry for the Digital Media Championship. Fat Eddie does not walk out with the Digital Media Championship. Then they show uh, the Impact Wrestlers on a trip to the zoo. So in case we were trying to maintain any kayfabe, uh, we don't. We just see all heels and baby faces petting animals, and that's pretty funny, but it's not good for the business. Um, yeah, you do it with the baby faces, but not with the baby faces and the heels. Right. And I would allow Moose to do it, since he is a Moose. But other than that, yeah. have um, him face to face with the moose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Liz says, I'm just going to say it's normally voodoo queen or voodoo priestess. Yeah, well, no, you get a voodoo witch now. Um, maybe those other two were taken already uh, as gimmicks down there, since everybody likes to do these type of gimmicks. Labrat said, where's PCO? I don't know, probably in the fucking hospital after everything he does to himself. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, we got Killer Kelly versus somebody named Aisha. Aisha has sort of like, her gimmick is sort of like, um, I don't know what you would call it exactly, but she came out with a champagne bottle, so I guess she like, club girl? I don't know, like, like high class club girl? Hostess? I don't know. <laughs> like what? Not not really sure. She's a girl who likes to party, I guess. That's the, that's the general vibe I got. And they tried to do the champagne and a gimmick with the finish. Uh, where she tried to spit and spit the champagne in Kelly's face and she missed it and Kelly got caught or Kelly took the bottle from her and started drinking it in the ring and then the referee took the bottle and then Kelly 
choked her out and whatever. So there you go. Um, and then we get a three-way with uh, Kazarian and Sabin and uh, Robbie Eagles, who is part of the Mighty Don't Kneel and also associated with New Japan Pro Wrestling, but he's Australian, so it uh, makes sense that he'd be on this card. Um, triple threat for the X Division title. Of course, uh, it's uh, it's definitely um, going to be Sabin. He's not doing a job for anybody, brother. <laughs> uh, so he, he retains... Uh, K sounds gimmick lab rat. No, it, their their gimmick is like ravers. This is like, um, you know, VIP VIP lounge. I think is more her gimmick, if that makes sense. As much as they could get that over in a short indie match, um, obviously they didn't have the setup for anything to show that. So, uh, mm, then you get um, the uh, the ABC versus. Uh, the most professional wrestling gods. So, um, you know, uh, as you could probably imagine, uh, the ABC was going to retain their title. If it was even on the line, I'm pretty sure it was on the line. But yep. I was surprised they went to that match that quickly. Yeah, I think it was just, they're just like, eh, nobody's going to watch this. Let's do it for the house type, type deal. Yeah. Um, or just a preview to get them, you know, like some some warm up matches before like the angle really goes down. Um, yeah, get their tuning, get their chemistry right. Right. Yeah, something like that. Um, then they showed a travel log for Wagga Wagga in case anybody's interested in tourism. <laughs> and then we get a Steph Delander promo. Remember her, the Steph Delander. Uh, she's from Australia, and she used to be known as Percha Parada in NXT, but now she's Steph Delander. So she's got a match with uh, Diana Prasso for the Knockouts title. Um, Steph comes out and buries, you know, Wagga Wagga saying this is, this is a base, you know, basically she does a more vicious version of the good hands. Cause this is her hometown or not hometown, but like it's Australia, but she's like, this is the worst, you know, this is the worst city in Australia ever. So there, they make sure they're firmly behind Deanna. And of course, Deanna wins. And then the main event is a uh, Burt Macklin, um, versus Alex Shelley for the Impact Championship. Um, I didn't really care to pay too much attention to this match, but from what I could feel from the match, it wasn't per, per se watching it, but feeling it, felt like they had a better match than they did at uh, Against All Odds or whatever that pay-per-view was where Alex Shelley won the belt. So it was a better match than that, but maybe not the best. Um, he said... Uh, Buckshot Kid says, that voodoo girl, the neck down, thumbs up, but the neck up, tangu mask. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that. Um, all right, and then uh, night two, uh, we get Adam Brooks versus Robbie Eagles for the, I guess this is for the inaugural uh, OPW championship, which we were talking about, Oceana Pro, Pro Wrestling. We talked about, that's kind of hard to say, that's a little tongue twister. If you try to say Oceana Pro Wrestling three times fast, it's not. Oceana Pro Wrestling, Oceana Pro Wrestling, Oceana Pro Wrestling. Well, you're the man. Uh, so, so yeah. So Brooks, uh, Adam Brooks wins um, the OPW title here. So I guess he's the first ever champion, uh, unless I misunderstood everything they were saying. Um, then we get a Giselle promo on Diana. She says, "I'm going to break your arm, bitch." Uh, there you go. She said more, but I'm just trying to run through <laughs> this. Uh, and then we get our first match that Pierce Austin was ring announcing. 
um, which he already talked about some. It was the Natural Classics versus the Velocities. Um, and the Natural Classics are two guys that are from the Fale Dojo, uh, which is a New Zealand uh, you know, wrestling school. Bad Luck Fale from New Japan, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this... Um, <laughs> And they, the natural class, end up beating the velocities. And I wrote down after eight minutes, the grown men put away the middle schoolers. Finally, uh, the velocities were not big; <laughs> they were not big at all. <laughs> um, but uh, like Pierce was saying, you know, he knows those guys, and you know, this is a chance for them on the stage. And I felt like they did a decent job acquitting themselves. Um, but the the optics of it were too big to ignore. Like the the natural classic guys were significantly bigger um than 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 the other two guys the velocity so uh then diana cuts a promo back on giselle um and then we get uh moose versus joe hendry for the digital media championship um uh joe hendry tries to do a dancing moose promo you know like like uh, i believe in moose dancing yeah he, he tries to get that going um, it's a little the the match for these guys is a little slow. They're not as crisp as they normally are. They're bigger guys, but I've seen them both be sharper than this. But you know, maybe they were jet lagged. I don't know what the deal was. They just looked a little sluggish in there. Not their best. Uh, Hendry rolls up Moose at some point. Um, then we get some footage of a meet and greet, and uh, then there was a part where Deanna and Bert. Uh, stood while uh, a bunch of school kids got naked and circled around them waving twigs. I'm not gonna, not gonna get into that. It's apparently some sort of native ritual there or something like you know, you know, how, you know how Australia is, right? Anyway, I guess. Yeah, they had to put it over. It was funny. Uh, then we get Fat Eddie versus uh, Slex. Um, you know, Slex looks good. He's definitely not fat. Uh. Fat Eddie is fat, uh, but he hits the Boston knee party for the win. Um, Steph Delander versus Kelly Kelly. Kelly Kelly. I wish. (laughs) Killer Kelly. Um, Steph wins this one. And the announcers say it's her first win in Impact. So there you go. Steph Delander finally gets a win over Killer Kelly. Um, And, uh, yeah. Uh, Then Kaz cuts a promo on Brian Myers, and then they do Kazarian versus Myers. And uh, Kaz wins with his deadly chicken wing, his trusty deadly chicken wing that he always beats everybody with and always has for his whole career. Um, And then we get a Motor City Machine Guns package, and then we get the Motor City Machine Guns versus ABC for the Tag Team Championships. Uh, Guns are greedy. They want to hold all the gold, which feeds more into my these guys are heels (laughs) idea. (laughs) But... um, you know they end up uh, end up uh, not winning. They hit the. Uh, let me tell you how much these guys fucking. I know Pierce is putting them over, but goddamn it! In the finish of this match, um, ABC hits the. I'll call it the art of the fold, because that's where they each hit their individual finishers, and it usually ends with Ace Austin's fold, right? Yep. Um, and. So I'll, I'll call it the art of the fold. They hit their double team on both guys. Like first they hit it on Shelly to get rid of them. Then, you know, after a very short sequence, they hit it on Chris Sabin, and they pin Chris Sabin. But before they pin Chris Sabin, before they count to three on Chris Sabin, Shelly was still trying to get back in the ring to break up the pin, and he got held off. 
So he couldn't just sell the double team finish. The finish that's good enough to put Goldberg 98 away, by the way. He couldn't just lay there and sell. He still had to get his shit in and try to get up and save. Like, all right, just, just bury the finish, you know? You bury yourself for not selling. You bury them for not being able to keep you down with their double team finish. And you bury Chris Sabin because he just got beat by that finish that you just got back up from. So, good job. All right, enough, enough on that. Uh, and then uh, we get a package, and then the main event is Giselle Shaw versus Deanna Perazzo for the Knockouts title. Um, they have their normal good match, and Venus de Milo ends it, and your uh, Knockouts champion is still Deanna Perazzo. So, there you go. My only question is, where do you go with Giselle Shaw from here? I mean, every big opportunity has been a swing and a miss as far as, like, on screen. As far as, like, every time, like, title opportunity, big match, always loses. Mm, yep, I guess it's just a case of could this be um, could it be rever could it be like a reverse nepotism maybe? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say because we talked about that in the past too, and you know it's just continuing on. Like we don't want to make it too obvious, you know. If you're sleeping with the boss, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to make it. Er oh, she wins everything now, so you know, give Deanna her chance, and then. She'll be able to say, hey, I put over everybody in this fucking company once. I think <laughs> I deserve a turn. So. <laughs> so it'll be justified then. No one will be able to say shit. At least that's their justification for it. So, But uh, yeah, that's uh, and that's our justification for a supersized episode this week. Um, I believe that uh, if it hasn't already started, the Wednesday locker room will be starting soon if you guys want to check that out. But uh you know we're done here as far as i know um brandon anything you want to put over before we get out of here uh yeah as always you can find me on twitter at transarchistia as well as on twitch and uh, twitch.tv slash miss tia the transarchist as well as on substack at hmg brandon that's right there you go check that stuff out uh, you can check me out all over Hummy Media Group, all over mm -hmm. Pro Wrestling Coalition, all over everything. Twitch.tv slash Opinion Haver. Anything you want to see. Um, opinion Haver on all social media platforms, gaming platforms, any platform where you could find a person or their username, that's me. So you type in Opinion Haver and your favorite whatever, and you never know what might pop up. Um, so that's basically going to do it. I'm fucking roasting hot. And I'm the vet, and for Brandon, I don't have a sign offline.